Hey guys, and welcome back to the Ducks and Dogs podcast. My name is Mike, here again with my co-host, Matt. How you doing, Matt? Doing all right, man. It's and, a good Tuesday slash Thursday when people watch this, so. And Matt, do you want to introduce our guest? We finally have a Washington guest on the show, as you could see by that really yes. ugly shirt. We have Noel Core himself, writer for uh, West Coast College Football, which you've probably seen on Twitter quite a bit, host of the Southern Gentlemen's podcast, correct? gentlemen sports show thanks for yes. having me on guys yeah yes, no sir. problem glad to have you on so so yeah. we're gonna we're gonna dive right into the season it's been it's been a really fun week we both both teams got a win uh both teams played close tight games and i think oregon fans are a little happier with their result matt do you want to just you know you and you and Noel dive right in regarding your game against Arizona and what, what the feelings are around the program after that. Oh man, you get a win and it's good that the players are resilient. I'll start off with that because that's about the only good thing I got to say about that game. You know, the players themselves played hard, obviously with Alex cook going down, like praise up prayers up to him. He's doing better now, but scary situation there. Players played hard, but Holy cow, play calling coaching, all that other stuff that we've been complaining about all season was put on display last week against Arizona, which a game that I would argue if we would have lost would have been more embarrassing than Montana at this point. Because even though Montana's not FBS, they're at least a winning program. Arizona, with no wins coming into this game, just about gave us all we could handle. So Arizona would get no. blown out by Montana. <laughs> Honestly, no, I don't know if you want to touch on anything from what you saw or yeah, it was a win that felt like a loss, you know, just to have it be that close. Um, having to, you know, getting shut out at halftime yet again has been a problem since Lake became the head coach, Donovan, the OC. Uh, it just, it was disgusting to watch, quite frankly. That's really, that really sucked about Alex Cook. Second time that, you know, we've had a player get carted off the field in Tucson uh, in a row. So something, Something about the desert, they just don't play that well down there. But Arizona is so bad, it shouldn't matter. So that was just a disgusting uh, experience all around. Yeah, it's just really disappointing to watch. For sure. I think it was interesting, too. You saw a lot of the body language on the guys on the field. Yeah. They just didn't seem happy. Like, their guys scored touchdowns walking off the field, like, didn't matter, shrugging shoulders. I feel body like language. – just a sign yeah. that Lake has lost that locker room, man. Now I can't speak uh, on other it, than but... ZTF. Yeah, I'd agree yeah. that. You know, he seemed like the only person that was, you know, high energy after the sacks. It was great to see him back on the field playing at a high, sure. high level. But uh, you know, until we had a defensive lineman intercept a pass, it looked like the team was just dead men walking. Yeah, for sure. Frustrating to see. Very much so. And you know, to keep with the somber tone, uh Recruiting news came out for Oregon right before we started recording this podcast. Noel might not have even gotten a chance to see it yet. Kingsley Suomataya Tia has entered the transfer portal. Yep, number 36 recruit of 2021. Holy cow. Five-star talent. Um, from what me and Matt can gather and from what I've seen from the ON3 uh, sports and everything, it seems like he's going home to be closer to his family. And if you go look at his Twitter timeline, he seems to really miss his family. Like... Matt Matt can make note of it. His timeline was all his mother. Yeah, for sure. It was, and, yeah. You can't yeah. blame a kid for wanting to go be closer to his family. So 
Uh, if I had to pick right here, right now, this news broke maybe an hour ago at most. He's going to go to BYU or Utah. And that's that's just that. He's going to go there. Obviously, he had his cousins here with the Sewell family. But, you know, nothing beats being close to your mother. So, I, I yeah. you know, I just wanted to address that. That wasn't one of the main topics we had planned for this. And before, you know, we hear everything about, oh, yeah, looks looks like Oregon's losing some recruits now. No, nah, it's 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 way deeper than that. Obviously, these are real people. Um, yeah. 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 Best of luck to him, man. It's yeah. never, never it? easy transferring. Yeah. It, it sucks, you know, when you have like a, such a high profile player leaving the program before you even really you know, started for him there. Uh, Washington fans will always kind of grimace at that, thinking of, Cahoe, you know, even to go be with his family and then lo and behold, ends up in Tuscaloosa. But like you said, he's probably headed on to Utah. Yeah. Yeah. And um, speaking of that body language, uh, Matt, I believe this is a topic you wanted to bring up. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like Jimmy Lake is losing the locker room in Seattle? I mentioned it before. It seems like that team has lost his trust. But on, on the same tone of Jimmy Lake, his press conference going into this week for Stanford, a lot of things seem to change tone wise going into the press conference. Obviously he might be trying to just do damage control and show the guys that he's still taking things seriously. But I mean, he wasn't the super raw, raw positive. We'll get it figured out that it's been the past few weeks. He was very realistic about how things aren't going as well and seemed to kind of return to his classic DB coach Lake form of, you know, critical, but still wanting guys to do better. It was, it was very interesting. Um, I don't know if it really saves him any face going out the rest of the season. I think it demonstrates to the people in charge that he still cares. It might, you know, put evidence to the players that he still cares. Um, but I feel like at this point, you're just trying to make up the ground that, you know, isn't going to get you back to where you want to be. Yeah. And really yeah. it comes down to what, it, what the administration and what the coaching staff is going to do. Noel, obviously, you you write a lot about the Huskies. I know, uh, I know, Matt's been a big Husky fan, and we've talked about it with Matt. Uh, do you do you think Washington makes any changes in regards to the coaching staff, or maybe even maybe even the head coach, if if things continue on the trend they are? If from what we've seen right now, it doesn't even look like you guys will be a a bowl a bowl eligible team. Yeah, I can't see them, you know, winning the necessary amount of games to make it to a bowl, uh, even with. Colorado and Wazoo still on the schedule. I think these next three games are going to be brutal for them. Uh, could very well be 0-3 after it. But as far as making the head the coaching changes, man, I mean, you see another program in Texas Tech firing their head coach midseason. If all these other programs can do it in the middle of this year, why can't Washington at least fire the offensive coordinator? Because I, I think, you know, like you said, you finally saw a difference in the press conference. It wasn't this disingenuous garbage that we've gotten the first couple of games, but I think it's too little too late, right? I mean, mm -hmm. unless you start firing people, why should we believe anything that this guy is going to say? And just total coach speak, and then all of a sudden you think you're going to flip a switch and, and change our minds? I don't see it. No, I, mean, I don't think they're going to fire anybody in the middle of the season either. That's You've gotten to this point, so it's just that's really disappointing um, to see other teams willing to to make that change before you do any more damage. And uh, Washington obviously is not willing to go that far. Yeah. I think you're speaking what's on the minds of a lot of Husky fans right now. So you put, you worded that perfectly. 
And it's insane when we, uh, Matt, I know you'll remember when we spoke with uh, Josh Pate earlier this year, before the season even started, we were talking about, obviously, it was a very extreme scenario that we didn't think would play out. But we were talking about what could get Washington to move on from Jimmy Lake before the season even started, because obviously there was there was the potential there. There was a lot of things brewing that was negative in the offseason. I mean, having two Washington commits get an Oregon offer and decommit is probably one of the biggest red flags for a program of Washington's caliber and where they want to be. I could ever imagine your biggest rival offers two of your best commits and they decommit within 24 hours. Then yeah. fast forward to right now. You've lost a lot of games you shouldn't. You've lost to an FCS team. You almost lost to FCS Arizona. It's, you, you beat Arkansas State, and you beat a couple bad teams. I, I know you won against Cal, and you struggled against Cal. You always struggle against Cal, so okay, I'd write that one off. If it wasn't for the Montana and the Arizona games and all these other games, and, you know, honestly, I don't think this is that much different from what we saw last year either, though. I mean, when it comes to that Oregon State game, if the refs make the right call, you probably lose that one. And you you did play all of your games at home. So that was a little bit of an edge there. So really, I don't know if we've seen anything from Lake for him to really not be on the hot seat in any shape or form. I know the offensive coordinator is an obvious one, but I feel like Jimmy Lake's seat needs to be a little warmer than it is. I mean, the defense, since he's become the head coach, has gotten significantly worse every single year. Of the three years he's been there since Pete retired, it's... Mm-hmm. It went, I think, to 36 to 28th, or no, it started, uh, sorry, it started at 11th, went to 28th, went to 36th, and now is in like the 50s or the 60s. Yeah, and that's a big testament to how the run defense has gotten a lot worse. And isn't he supposed to be a defensive genius? I know he can, (laughs) he's good with DBs. He can coach DBs. We know this. He's a good position coach. 100%, we know that to be a fact. But Mm. When it was hyped as a seamless transition with a defensive genius, a guy who got the defensive coordinator job or the head coaching job over an actual defensive genius and Mike Kwiatkowski. And it's, it's really weird to see, especially with all the passion from the fan base. It just doesn't seem the administration or the coaching staff for that matter has the passion that the fan base does for this program to get back to where they were in the Mm nineties. And it really, it really hurts the players. I think in the end, you know, the fans can complain about it all the, all they want, but we aren't the ones going out there playing on the field for them, you know. And I just, I, my heart goes out to these players because they care and they want to care and they want to win and they want to be good. But if you don't have the support systems in place for them to succeed, I mean, what are you going to do, right? This Washington school that's been, you know boasted to recruits and stuff as you know oh we develop kids you know we get kids out there we take these three stars turn them into um nfl players you know what i mean which in the past has been true isn't showing up the development isn't quite there you have a lot of talented guys on the team who are you know living up to the standards for the most part and are probably going to go in the nfl you know trent mcduffie all those guys but still it just it's not looking good for the classes coming in and all that so and I'm going to just add one last negative thing before we switch off of the negative for Washington. I know you guys are both big Washington fans, but honestly, I was talking to Matt before the show, and there's not much positive news to go over when it comes to the Washington football program. There was some stuff swirling on Twitter. I don't know how legitimate it is. I don't even remember where I saw it. But, you know, with how everything's playing out, would you guys be that shocked if you lost a player to the transfer portal like a Savelle Smalls? No, I wouldn't. I mean, he lost a handful of contributing players last year, all those wide receivers. Um, Nakua. What? 
Yeah, and uh, Ty Jones. I mean, it just – if those guys are leaving, of course, a five-star player like Smalls, you know, this isn't panning out the way his, you know, dream, you know, to envision playing in your hometown, you know, and, and getting off to a great start. If that's not happening, yeah, I could see him – being the next big name to fall. And I think it would be devastating. The optics would be terrible if a player of that caliber left this team. But like you mentioned, all this other negative stuff, are, are we really going to be shocked at that point? And I'm sorry, when you have five-star commit athletes on the team, their parents complaining about stuff. Wait, I mean, that's parents, just not right? a good sign. Yeah, it was his dad on I Twitter. I think his dad was... said something about Lake needing fire? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, said, that ain't good. Gotta Which, go. And you can't you can't have your dad in your ear telling you I don't like this coach. You got to get out of there. You know what I mean? And especially considering you know backtracking onto the Ben Roberts and and mm. Sir Mel's stuff. Yeah. Who was number two for Savelle Smalls when he committed to Washington? I'm gonna assume it was it was Oregon or Alabama, right? It was them yeah. two, Oregon and Alabama. Yeah. How are the linebackers playing at those two schools? Noah Sewell, Justin Flo when he played. Keith Brown when he's been playing, uh, Jeffrey Bossa when he's been playing, Henry Toto when he's been playing. Uh, like the it doesn't help that the linebackers at the main two schools who are competing for him are balling out, and it's it's I don't know I really think that you guys should make a change of head coach for especially the with the a linebacker room that's been struggling this year notably. And you your know? running back was thought to be the second best running back in the conference behind the one at UCLA coming into the season. Mm-hmm. It's 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 interesting, man. And I and for your sake, if if I could pick for you and to try and help Washington, I would throw a bag at Jonathan Smith. I like oh, him. Man. <laughs> I'd throw, him back home. I'd throw a bag at Jonathan <laughs> Smith. Throw him from his home. Yeah. And I know it's like, oh yeah. people talking about they don't want to steal from other Pac twelve programs. Well, sorry to tell you, the best coach in Washington in recent memory was an Oregon coach. <laughs> You steal from successful programs if you want to succeed. That's what Oregon's done with Bama right now. Mario Cristobal's balling, and it's 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 crazy. Uh, do you do you think Noel that they should move on from Jimmy Lake? And if you do, who would who would you want? Ideally, say say they do move on from Jimmy Lake, who would you want coaching Washington? Man, it's got to be someone who's got a vision for the other side of the ball. Like I get it, he's a defensive. Uh, oriented coach, but when you compound your issues by hiring an offensive coordinator that absolutely nobody wants and uh, was fired for, you know, almost tanking another program's offense, it just, the red flags were there from day one. As soon as he made that hire of, of John, John Don, it was, the writing was on the wall, probably. We just didn't want to admit it because it was so early and uh, he's such a likable guy for, you know, at least from the outside looking in. And uh, if we're going to have to move on from him, you know, as much as it pains me to say this, because living in SEC country, the one thing I love to hang my hat on was Washington's defense for all those years. And now that that's just falling apart and seeing this, the malpractice on offense for this program for several years, I think you got to go to, you know, someone who's just, well-established on that side of the ball. You know, look at the success that, you know, I know that this, not the same same beast right now, but, man, what, what LSU did on offense the, the last year with Burrow and all those receivers. Like, I'm not saying you got to go out and get those kind of coaches, but, you know, at least somebody who's, who's, who's going to have a scheme 
of, of some sort to where you utilize your best offensive players. You know, we could go th- through this all night of how, how many bad decisions have been made this year, um, but not starting the right guys at, at certain positions until the season's almost a total loss. Said man, malpractice. Yeah, we. Uh, I, I actually asked Matt this a few episodes ago, I think. Just, just you know, for for funning games because it's going to trigger both fan bases. There is a coach, offensive minded coach, very well respected offensively, head coaching experience. He's the offensive coordinator at Oregon, Joe Moorhead. Joe Moorhead, yep. Could have had him. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you could have had him at offensive coordinator if Oregon wanted him. But when it comes to looking, if, if you do have to find a new head coach and you are leaning more towards offensive guys, now obviously he did not succeed over in Mississippi State. Uh, he was in the SEC recruiting against SEC teams. He's a much better recruiter than Jimmy Lake could ever hope to be. He's obviously competent offensively. He's done really well with Oregon's offense this year. They've drastically improved from last year, despite possibly having worse QB play and... I mean, because obviously you're not – Lane Kiffin's not going to come to Washington. Uh, you know, Brent Venables is not coming to Washington. The big-name guys who USC can't even pull out, obviously Washington's not going to get. So it's really got to be one of these guys who maybe needs a second chance or or maybe never got the chance yet. And it's, it's going to be really interesting to see. But on the bright side, this is still a talented roster. This right. roster is still top 15 in talent composite. And if you make the right changes, you can be right back to where you were in a short period of time. It's just all about the guys you have around the program. And I said it from day one. I thought Jimmy Lake was a great X's and O's coach, but I told him that his energy wasn't there. And I didn't think he was a head coach type of person. He maybe could be a defensive coordinator, but Matt will vouch for this. I never once thought he had the personality to be head coach. No, not at all. (laughs) And unfortunately... Yeah, it's it's so we could we could get off of dogging on Washington before the Washington fans come in the comments crying about me. Uh, they already do that, so yeah. yeah I mean, what else is new, right? It's what else is new. Obviously, injuries <laughs> have been huge for both teams. Uh, Oregon's missing Drew Mathis, starting middle linebacker. His backup yeah. Justin Flo out for the year. Uh, Kayvon's missed significant time. Triquez Bridges has missed time. Uh, Troy Franklin's missed time. Coincidentally, Kingsley Suomataiatia has missed time. Uh, and Washington now had a multiple key injuries coming out of this yeah. game. ZTF is just now getting on the field. Uh, is there? Do you think that this is the strength and conditioning programs of these two teams, or do you think this is more of, you know, not being as well conditioned? Because obviously COVID was a little more strict with these programs out west, and what you were allowed to do and not allowed to do was completely different. No, what like what do you think? What do you think is this is like? What's going on with these two teams? Why why are their injury reports so much longer than other teams? Yeah, it certainly seems that way. You know, year in year out, the the preseason injuries are more than than other teams. It seems like, and I don't know what Washington's doing in practice in the middle of the season, but I mean, this is a problem probably for the last couple of years where key players are just getting nicked up and. You know, you don't know it until like almost the day of the game when, you know, the reporters are saying who's in in uniform and who's not. It's just Mm -hmm. shocking, depressing as a fan, you know, to to realize, you know, right before you you kick off, man, we're going to be out. Well, 
looks like we lost him for a second. Um, yeah, for a second, I'm sure he'll be back. But I mean, I'll I'll speak on it a little bit. I feel like it's more so football being football, but also when does coincidence turn into something actually? You know, being a trend. You know what I'm saying? It yeah. looks like he's back. Hey, no, sounds like we lost you for a second, but uh, so yeah, Matt was just saying. I'm I'm assuming he's echoing what you were trying to say before you lost a little bit of connection there for a second. Yeah, he was talking about how eventually this coincidence is more of a trend, and it might be something to do with these strength and conditioning staffs. But to counteract that a little bit, both of these staffs also experience some of the strictest strictest COVID policies when it comes to practicing, conditioning, coaches' time with the players. You know, workouts, like, I mean, how are you, are you going to go into that team weight room with a bunch of other people with all these restrictions? Probably not. Are you going to be running with the team doing drills? Are you holding each other accountable the entire offseason? Because as, as hard of workers as these college football players can be, they're also young kids who need to hold each other accountable or need the coaches to help them hold themselves accountable. And and it's it's a lot of work being a, a power five college football player or a college football gener- player in general. Matt, you can attest to that. And yeah. I really think this will improve drastically next year as these players are conditioned better as these guys, you know, these guys were both playing a lot of young players, even though both of us, I think, think we're not playing enough young players, but (laughs) these guys haven't been in these weight rooms for a long time. And, and I think we could just hold out hope that this will improve next year and, and really just hope these guys can get healthy. Mm -hmm. For sure. And, you know, Wrapping up all the negatives, let's let's jump into next week. Try and be optimistic. We'll try and be positive. Washington plays Stanford. I believe Washington travels to Palo Alto to play Stanford. We'll start with (laughs) Noel, then we'll go to Matt. What do you guys think is going to happen in this game? Do you think Washington wins? I can't see it happening, given how poorly they've played for huge stretches of games. Stanford's the kind of team where you don't, you know, you're going to give the ball right back to them after multiple three and outs. The game could be over before halftime. Like it nearly was last year. Washington fought back and fell short, but that had the makings of a blowout early on. And I think this year is no different. And they're even worse at run defense this year. So it's no no shock at what Stanford's going to try to do. Um, it's been a winning strategy against the Huskies for, for multiple years, and uh, I don't see it changing. So I, I think that if I had to give a prediction, you know, Washington will struggle out of the gates like it has several times this season. And like I said, you give a team like Stanford that many uh, opportunities on offense, it could be, you know, over before you even get started, especially – since uh, you've gone how many games without scoring a single damn point in, in a half of football. So not not very optimistic going into this week. Matt? Yeah, I got to agree with Noel on this one. This was a game, if you remember, that I already had Washington losing in the first place. When I had them, I predicted Washington going 10-2 and two this year, which has not <laughs> happened at all. I had them losing this game still with them even playing beyond what they could this season Oregon. from what it seems like yeah yeah <laughs> we'll we'll get to that later we'll get to that later it's not that week yet next week but yeah <laughs> getting close but holy cow stanford is another one them and cal are always just the two trap games every year for washington and this is no exception beat cal coach shah's got that team locked in yeah it's just ugh. we did beat cal but yep not a, not a great <laughs> cal team yeah barely <laughs> 
I don't know. I can't, I can't see any world where we pull this out. Stanford has shown that they have the talent, even, you know, with refs and Oregon playing down and all that stuff. They still beat Oregon, who is a top 10 team in college football right now, according to most of the polls. So, yep. yeah, can't a see a world where we win that went game. went to Columbus and beat Ohio State. Yeah. By transitive pro- property, Stanford is the top <laughs> five team Ohio in college State. football right now. So, by yeah. transitive property, there are a lot of teams better than everybody. <laughs> yeah, true. Are they, are they going to need to throw for over 50 yards to get it done? That's the question. Probably not. I was going to say, doubt it. <laughs> doubt oh, Stanford, it. I mean, to be fair, Stanford probably has one of the best quarterbacks in the conference. They had one of the best wide receivers. He went down with an injury against y'all. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was like, oh, man, that's a huge weapon that Stanford just lost. But you know, no one really needs to throw against Washington to, to still win the game. So no, yeah, I mean, yeah, and you know, for the first part of the season, it was like, oh, well, nobody can throw against Washington, yeah. but now it's looked more and more like, no, they, they can throw against Washington. They just don't have to. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of those. It's a lot of those mid-level concepts. A lot of those dink and dunk passes. Those long drives that just gash your Washington secondary, and most of the time, like. This is a secondary that still statistically is really, really good. One of the best in the country. Mm-hmm. I believe top five still secondaries in the country. But holy cow, you don't need to throw deep on these guys. Like you can run it up the middle. You can pass mid-level and all these concepts. You'll just wear the defense out. And if the offense can't stay on the field, that defense is going to get tired. It's just a, yeah. a never-ending cycle. I, I think you just predicted, you just previewed the Stanford game. Right there. <laughs> That's how um, it's going to go. I don't think any of us really need to mention anything. Oregon's beating Colorado. Nobody is going to yeah. dispute that, I'm assuming. <laughs> I'm pretty well assuming that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you guys think Washington makes a bowl game? Like, if you had to bet money on it right now, do they make a bowl game? If I had to bet money, no. You have they, three wins. You play Stanford at Stanford. You play Oregon at home, Arizona State at home. You go to Colorado, and then you get Washington State at home. <clears throat> Personally, yeah, I would yeah. favor y'all in one of those games. <laughs> and that's Colorado. Yeah. I Man, think, you think this is this is the year that Wazoo finally gets us, huh? I also am really high on Jaden Delora. Yeah. Jaden Delora player. torched us last year. And he, 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 I believe he's been there for a few years now, hasn't he? I believe this is his second year. Okay, okay. He played really well against us last year, and mm-hmm. Jaden Delore is a really good quarterback. I know they lost their yeah. coach. I know there's a whole lot of drama surrounding them, but I do think they they get that win. They still almost beat BYU without half their coaching staff. So. And they're playing yeah. really well. They're playing good football. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see how the rest of the season plays out for Washington. I think – yeah. Getting to a bowl game would be very positive for this team. Like, it would. Given so. how the season has started, getting to a bowl game would buy you enough momentum to where I'd say, okay, maybe don't fire Lake. Maybe just change the offensive coordinator. I'd change the defensive coordinator. I know the defense doesn't look terrible, but I thought it was a bad hire when you hired him too. But yeah. anyways, this week we got Stanford. That should be a good game. And then next week we will have the big episode for Oregon and Washington. Hopefully mm-hmm. we can get a couple guys on here, but Noel, we want to thank you for coming on. And do you want to let everyone know where they can find you? Any social media platform. It's all the same. Noel core, N O L E C O R E. And you can check out our uh, Southern gentlemen sports show Saturday mornings, 
uh, 8 to 12 Central Time. That's pretty damn early on the West Coast. But, yeah, <laughs> give it a listen. We love talk, talking college football, and I'm always going to shoehorn the Pac-12 in no matter what part of the country I'm in. Awesome. Well, we want to thank you guys for tuning into this episode of the Ducks and Dogs podcast. We hope to see you next time for the big rivalry week episode. And for now, this is Matt, Mike, and Noel Core of West Coast College Football and of his show that he just mentioned. All of his links will be in the description. His at is on the screen now. Thank you for coming on, Noel. And we hope everybody Absolutely. has a great night.